Hello and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Cole Spivak, and this is episode 15. I consider myself to be a bit of a film buff, but during this time, it's exceptionally difficult to get out to the theater. In the before times, whenever I went to see a movie, I'd always come back to the office and talk with Sasha Scott uh, about the movie and about the performances and the direction and all that stuff. And that got me thinking. I hadn't talked to Sasha in a long time about what she'd been watching. Before we get into this, I just want to preface by saying we get almost all the details wrong. Top Gun is not a 90s movie, it came out in 1986, and Lawrence of Arabia is not a product of the mid-70s. Well, for me, what I've been missing out on a lot is definitely that that big screen experience, right? Because it's there's really no substitute for experiencing something on a big screen. It's something that's meant to be experienced on a big screen too, right? Yeah, but for sure. I feel like that's Having really been be- lacking as of late, you know? Yeah, the immersive, the taken to another, taken to another land or another place, just forgetting about everything else too, right? It's just kind of like it's not mindless, but it takes you out of everything else, which is really nice. But I know it's gonna be so weird, the future, the after, whenever we can go to move, like because the Highland is opening tomorrow, like indoors. No. no, really. And their, yeah, their audience base is a little bit, skews a little older. So I That's don't know. true, but it also <laughs> skews kind of sparse, too. So perhaps they're going to put some kind of measures in place to to help with that, right? Because, yeah. I mean, you just sit every other row or every other number of seats or so, and it should be okay. Because I know that they set up a drive-in theater, basically, out back, right? Mm-hmm. They played some old classics. I didn't, unfortunately, uh, get to go and see any of them, but would have liked to. Yeah, I think they're continuing to do it all summer. I think they've done really well with it. Like, I hear it's fairly, I don't know if it's sold out every time, but it's fairly busy. I have some friends that went. And so, yeah, it's a really cute idea. Good for them. They have a huge, like, metal wall on the outside, so why not take advantage of it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Project. I guess so. <laughs> On the upside, though, um, so this is what I've been noticing happening, basically, right? It's obviously theaters aren't open anywhere, so movies can't be released unless they are put on a streaming service or some sort of pay-per-view type model, right, of distribution. Mm -hmm. So a lot of movies that would have been in theaters basically are ending up on Netflix um, right away. And... Uh, there's a different experience there because, well, ju- not just limited to the difference in screen size and, and me watching it on my laptop versus, you know, something that's 35 feet high, but also because I didn't see any movies before that, so I didn't see any previews for these movies. So I'm going in almost entirely blind, right, as to what the plot is, as to even who's in it, too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know, I think I find that to be a refreshing experience. Yeah, that's true, I guess, right? You have no idea. Like, you don't even know to look into it. Sometimes you're tempted to kind of go online. I'm sure you're pretty strong and you can kind of not do it. Sometimes I'm weak, especially when Nick and I are going to go watch something and I kind of like sometimes having a bit of a heads up for certain things and he definitely doesn't. He likes surprises. So, but yeah, no, that is true. Because you just don't know. It's like, oh, this is okay. You can watch this on Apple right now. You have to pay $20, but if you really want to watch it and you're tempted, do it up. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you bring up Apple because of that Greyhound movie? Is it oh, Greyhound? Yes, it is. The Tom Hanks one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, even from the beginning, there were a couple of movies that were slotted to kind of be released. 
or maybe were kind of released in the States and hadn't really been released in Canada. And they were like, I can't even remember what they are because I didn't watch any of them. Invisible Man was one. I didn't watch it until it was cheaper. It still was pretty meh. But uh, I waited till it was like $5.99. But yeah, you, those ones that are like $20, I guess, if you have a family or if you do really like those actors or you were really interested in that movie, maybe because you probably got a few previews before all of everything went down. Um, yeah, you can pay 20 bucks and watch it, which is kind of cool. But still, like you said, like with everything else, with Netflix, with all the other services we have, the the availability of other things, it does it kind of makes it lose its luster a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And then you see a lot of the movies that have been slated for like Midsummer, then pushed to end Tenet, of the year, basically. Pushed, pushed, Tenet, pushed. Tenant pushed indefinitely now, oh. which is really unfortunate. But like we will, ha- we li- we are in the security that we'll see it on the big screen at some point, right? Like yes. It'll, so that's a a positive. But that things is- like the Bond film, which was supposed to come out in May. <laughs> and is now like pushed to november december Mm -hmm. may be pushed indefinitely right so i'm wondering again for a lot of these these big uh these bigger films like how far are they going to get pushed out because there's going to be like a cascading effect right because if everything is pushed to december then you have 26 uh box office giants being released in the same month nobody's going to see them all right yeah i know because, you know, once everything opens up, too, right, it's going to take a while for people to kind of get out there. They're not going to be going. Like, maybe certain people will, but there's, like, going every week, getting all of them in. But, yeah, I know for myself, it's going to take a while. I haven't really got out there even yet. But going into a movie theater to sit and watch a movie, it's going to take a little bit for me to feel comfortable. Which is unfortunate if they're releasing them all and I want to see them. But, yeah. yeah. I'm definitely in the same boat there. I'm, I'm not comfortable going to, like, a even, like, a patio right now. I'm just, no thanks. I'm good. Yeah. Um, so I can't imagine going inside somewhere like Highland that you said is opening this week and, and watching a movie there for two hours. Like, I guess yeah. you could wear a mask. I know. Yeah, but again, a part of the experience, be. right? Like even going to a restaurant, if you're going to go in a restaurant, I don't want to go in and have people be like wearing a mask, wearing a shield, wearing gloves and just being like overly precautious, which is great. But like, it's not that's not the experience that I want, you know, that's not what I look for in that experience. It's like, if I can get your takeout and come pick it up and leave, boom, I'm great. Or if you can deliver it to me, amazing. That's perfect. (laughs) Big part of going to restaurants and a big part of going to the movies and a big part of going anywhere really is, is the experience of it. Right. When that's all been kind of tossed out the window in favor of safety, which is again, a net positive, like great. There's a contingent of people like you and like me that don't want those experiences until they're kind of back to quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the before time. Yeah, I know. Well, like the only thing get like we've been watching a lot of old stuff, obviously, because like there's not a lot of new stuff. So we're kind of, we've been going through and doing like trying to make it kind of fun and do like double features. So it's like, okay, so it's your week. What's the double feature. And so Nick, he was the first one. He's like, okay, Tony Scott, I'm like, okay, and, which I'm not really too, like, I've seen Top Gun before, so we, that was one of ours. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yes, then he did The Last Boy Scout, which I had never seen, so I'm like, okay, cool, so I haven't seen this, and he's introducing me to, like, a few different films that I haven't seen, but a lot of them are just, like, revisiting old things, like, we did Nolan, Memento, Inception, and one was a Winona Ryder with uh, Dracula and Age of Innocence, 
But the new stuff that's coming out, and it's mostly television, and thank goodness we got Crave because HBO has been releasing some really good stuff, which has definitely been good because sometimes you just watch. We've been watching some older things too, like rewatching The Office, rewatching Modern Family, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which are all great. You've seen them. You know they're an easy half hour, but it's nice to have some good new content. And uh, yeah, so HBO has been killing it on Crave, which is nice. What have you been watching on HBO? Um, so that I May Destroy You. It's really great. It's really, really great. Um, so the girl that did Chewing Gum. Um, and so the I May Destroy You, it's kind of an account of something that happened to her. And I won't even say anything about it because I didn't know really much. Like you said, for this one, I didn't know much about it. I saw people hyping it up. I was like, okay, cool. I really want to watch this. Something new. And everyone's hyping it. So great. I'm in. And it's HBO. So that is, uh, I think we're on the eighth episode and it's being released weekly, which is kind of fun too, because then you can't just watch it all at once. So, and then we watched, I know this much is true. Um, Mark Ruffalo. And it was really yeah. good. And he plays twins, right? Yeah. Which was, yeah. I don't know how they did it. I feel like they did. They shot two different like times of the year because he is heavier as one of the twins and so like I don't know that it could have been done CG or after so I feel like they did like they shot at I don't know how they do that it looked really good regardless and he was so good so that was a really good show to watch and then last week tonight which is obviously more political but it's great and you get something weekly too and it's obviously very topical so yeah that's kind of oh Nora from Queens but I don't know if that one is HBO no, I, I don't think it is. No, I think it's, not. it's definitely on Crave. Yeah, it's, it's not. Crave. Yeah. That one's been really good too. Yeah. Did you get sucked into the um, Michael Jordan Last Dance? Did you watch it? No, that? no, I never watched it. No. I, I'm not a huge basketball fan, but we no, watched it, and it was actually pretty interesting. It was a, it was a good watch. So that was good too. That was, that was a few months ago though, or two, maybe two months ago. Who knows? Hard to, hard Time. to tell. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, I worked my way through the uh, the Crave catalog a bit too. Um, I don't know, like a lot of my watching habits are actually like dictated by the UX of the streaming platform. <laughs> because oh, like, no, that's not that's horrible. They're yeah. all so bad. <laughs> They're all so bad. Oh. Um, uh, but one of the shows I is like the hidden gem for me of 2020 is an HBO show called High Maintenance. The premise, I guess, is uh, there's like a weed dealer who lives in New York and he goes around dealing weed to people right but um what's really cool about the show is that it's not about him like at all it's just he is the kind of uh presence i guess that connects all of these different characters together like you get episode everything's uh its own kind of like bottle episode so it's an episode about like uh this guy living downtown and like this girl living in queens right that all happen to use the same guy as their dealer um but you just get like uh, sort of vignettes almost into these uh, different ways of living and and uh, just ridiculous circumstances and things like this. And I, I really enjoy that because uh, there's a continuity established with that recurring character, but also a complete discontinuity in in the sort of uh, tone and and um, uh, construction of of how the show works, right? Like for instance, one of the episodes is just about a dog. Like it just follows the dog around and he gets pet by this, the dealer at some point in the episode. And like, that's the connecting tissue. Right. So I like that. I think it's more of an experimental program maybe, but I do enjoy it. Um, 
apart from that, uh, I've been trying to watch again these movies that have been released on on the streaming services. What like besides um, I May Destroy You and besides uh, the Michael Jordan show, mm-hmm. um, is it a do- like is it a docu series? Yeah, docu series. Yeah. yeah. Have you been watching any of like the produced by HBO TV movies stuff or no? Not really no. either. No, I haven't. Yeah. No, I haven't really heard too much. Well, obviously you can't really hear too much, but mm, yeah, I haven't not. really noticed anything that I wanted to kind of watch. I'm trying to watch a bunch of um, trying to watch documentaries. <clears throat> we do sometimes, and this was before uh, everything went down. We tried it on a Tuesday. If we're like, what should we watch? Or like, what do you want to? Whatever. Let's. What do we want to find? And then it's like, okay, maybe it's Doc Tuesday. So that's what we kind of try to do. Yeah. So we've watched a couple. Like, um, I think RBG is on Crave. I can't remember. It was on our list forever. It was really good. And that Crip Cramp, or Crip Camp, sorry, it's on Netflix. And I've heard of this one. Yeah, it was really good. It's it's just nice, right? Like, I love documentaries because you just, and like you said about high maintenance, it's nice seeing a little slice of a life that you don't like you wouldn't realize or you don't know much about and then yeah I just I love uh documentaries for that reason and then last month we made a habit of um watching um documentaries for pride month so we watched Paris is Burning so good I waited so long to watch it It was just on the list and it was really great and then A Secret Love, Disclosure there's just so many out there and yeah it's documentaries are documentaries sorry are really great for just yeah, making you think, just making you learn, and getting a glimpse into something that you really don't know too much about. So that's a really good godsend as well. Yeah. There's lots of them. <laughs> yeah, there are. There's a ton of doc- like. I feel like documentary is a sort of underappreciated art form mm-hmm. that is great to see thriving now with streaming services, right? Because given the choice between seeing like in the before times I'm talking about (laughs) given the choice of going to the theater and seeing a movie about uh I don't know a secret agent taking down like not a documentary I mean like a a fictional like James Bond-esque thing right or something about a social issue right that's an equal length you probably go for the one about the secret agent right but when you are watching something from home you can really get invested in in that sort of more informational aspect of it um i don't know i feel like there's something about the the living room that that is better suited to uh consuming documentary films perhaps mm-hmm. that's true yeah i don't i'm sure <clears throat> excuse me i'm sure that i've gone to see i feel like i've gone to see at least one documentary at the highland i feel but i can't recollect which one it was but yeah like i don't yeah they're mostly an at home kind of yeah, comfy, just sit and, yeah, take it in. Mm. It's true. So I, I wanted just to, to touch upon the old movie stuff again, because mm. I feel like this is probably what's going to take a lot of time <laughs> to, to sort of pick at, because I have a lot to say. Um, I've gone, like you have, through the back catalogs of, of cinema history uh, and watched a few, uh, a few things here and there. I don't think necessarily as... Um, as uh what's the word i'm looking for here saying like like you said you do like two films from this one director or whatever right mm-hmm. but uh, so i'm not doing that really but just kind of saying like oh i haven't seen this it's like a it's like a super well-renowned 
movie, right? And I'll be honest, it's like I got stuck in a YouTube cyclone one night and got onto this like old film review channel where they were talking about the genius of these different old uh, classics, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the ones that I watched uh, that I'd actually never seen before, um, to my great regret, is uh, Lawrence of Arabia. So I've also never seen it. Yeah, it's like three hours and oh wow, twenty minutes or something like super long, and it's from seventies, six I think seventies, early seventies, maybe late sixties. Um, Peter O'Toole, um, you know, the so the the story is that a uh, British officer. Um, sort of um what's like what's the sort of archetype for this it's like a gone with the wind kind of thing or not gone with the wind dances with wolves kind of thing okay yeah so it's like uh peter o'toole who's a british officer becomes ensconced in in arabian uh culture during uh the time where uh the arabs pushed out the ottoman empire i think it's early 1900s just during or before the first world war um uh so it's it's super like it's a little dated um just by i don't know there's certain aspects of these old movies and this is what i wanted to kind of hit away at is like there's certain aspects of of datedness that you can't necessarily like label of course like there's language and, and sort of old style of um speaking and stuff like that that might be uh from a different time and there's also the special effects aspects of it too right where something from the 90s like oh my god looks terrible i can remember gremlins and how that was um (laughs) but i don't know they just don't make movies like that anymore they just don't right they don't make i mean epics happen every 10 years basically in terms of like there's this one great massive scale movie that's like super expensive to make and and does super well and gets all these rewards but they don't make a lot of them right there's a certain like color and certain uh, texture to the filmmaking of the 60s and of the 70s that's really lost right now. And the, it's sort of a, and it has nothing to do with the three and a half hour runtime, but it has something to do with the the time taken to sort of let the story unfold. Yeah, there's more story. Yeah, they lay it out for you a little bit better instead of making you kind of just make assumptions, right? Which happens now with all the yeah. cuts and everything. Like you said, there's just like you have to, you're assuming, okay, yeah, that happened. But yeah, for older films, they kind of, yeah, they wanted to hold your hand a bit more because they weren't sure of the the movie viewer maybe or they wanted mm-hmm. to, they just wanted to do that, right? They just wanted to lay it all out because that's the story. But it's true. You're right. And then, yeah, it's three hours long now because they haven't done any of those cuts or anything like that. They kept it all in. I thought to put that one on my list. That's going to be a two-nighter. But when we're talking about, like, before that, let's talk about, like, 80s and before. I think 80s maybe has been done to death uh, in terms of, like, um, unearthing or digging in the grave of, like, that aesthetic, right? Neon mm-hmm. and and the old uh, 80s classics, like Back to the Future and stuff, which never be remade, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've, we've kind of come to a... a place in our um collective nostalgia that the 80s is like where we've been looking back at but looking back even further than that and at the movies that you've been watching and the classics that you know of like what are the some of the conventions and some of the the maybe like tonal or textural elements that you really think should be looked at more closely and applied to movies today 
Oh, man. Cool. I don't know. I haven't watched too many old, old films. A lot of the ones that we've been watching recently right now are kind of, yeah, like late, well, mid to late 90s slash early 2000s. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's like, I can't remember the film we watched, but it was it was a French film. And there was an actor and he, um, Nick was like, it's a really good film. I can't remember the name of it now. I should ask him. But and the one guy, the actor, he does this with his lips. You may know if I do even do this. He does this with his lips all the time. And so that he's like, you got to get past that. So there's just like little elements that they just tried to push on you, which were really funny. And they just were reoccurring. And you kind of at the end of it, you're just kind of laughing at it because they're trying so hard to just make him like just sexy and just like the man of the movie. But that's kind of still done nowadays. But yeah, sorry, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you for that one. Well, even the 80s too, some of the stuff like, breakfast club and movies like that are very angsty right and very yeah I don't know kind of just a little mopey so I think that kind of translated a little bit or moved over into the 90s with just like I watched um well Dracula and uh so like old Keanu Reeves Winona Ryder and um oh I want I wanted to watch the before series again uh Linklater and so before sunrise sunset and midnight yeah so like before sunrise oh it was great and it, it takes you back because I was around that age when those came out and so you just remember just feeling kind of like a teenager when you're watching it you're just like oh it's just so great and they're just talking it's not even that like crazy of a film right they're just wandering around having conversations getting a little heated but then not and those are just I kind of enjoyed that part but yeah they were it was a little bit I don't know I just got that teen teenage um, angst part to it maybe and then that's what I kind of like because I was feeling the same way and then even Greta Gerwig watching her stuff like oh yeah Francis Ha Ladybird and they still have that right they still have that element of just kind of being a little bit of an outcast and having a little bit of sass from the 90s have you seen the movie uh Patterson yes actually it was really good yeah, yeah it, I think it fits song. in that sort of uh, niche that you're sort of picking away at there too, right? Where it's a talking film, right? There's not really, it's not action driven or anything like that. It's definitely more character driven, uh, dialogue driven and stuff like that. And I enjoy that um, for sure. Uh, I think we need more of that. Recently I watched, um, oh boy, why can't I remember the name of it? Uh, How Can You Ever Forgive Me? I think I've um, seen it, yeah, on oh, the so cover, but yeah, what is it about? It's with, um, oh goodness, what's her name? Elizabeth McCarthy. Mm-hmm. That sound right? And um, an English actor. And it's about a sort of out of work editor in New York City in the 90s, I think early 90s. Um, either way, a time before the internet was really like uh, more prolific in our lives, but basically she falls down the rabbit hole of um, collectors items in the literary world. So not like first editions editions and stuff like that, but apparently um, a lot of these more prolific mid-century American uh, authors uh, were pen pals and kept correspondence with each other and with their families and stuff and, and their wit and uh, humor 
was seen in, in their writing of those letters, right? And so it's discovered that, you know, she can she can fake these letters uh, and, and sell them at a profit, right, to collectors with more money than they know what to do with. Um, and it's one of those, again, character pieces, and I, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it very much. I think we need more time to... Like, there's so much time now in terms of, <laughs> I mean, COVID, staying inside and being uh, kept from the lives we would have been living right now. Um, and maybe it's, it has to do with the format too, right? Like, we're... So many things are series now, right? There's less uh, sort of, like, one or two hour... Um, one piece content things like movies and stuff that is putting is being put on putting put out on streaming services um in favor of something that's like you know 45 45 minutes um long but in a series of 10 different episodes talking about the story of like this one person's life or this this like small town or whatever like this and you get invested in the characters and i feel like you can still do that in two hours right and you can do mm -hmm. it well mm-hmm yeah, I've heard of that film. And sorry, Melissa McCarthy, right? I think you said Elizabeth McCarthy, I think. Yes, I know. Yeah, I was like, oh, what is it now? Um, Nick watched that film. I, we were on a flight somewhere and he watched it without me. And yeah, he said it was really good. And I do have it on my list. But I have not watched it because it's hard to watch it because I don't get any alone time, Cole. I can't just watch films on my own. So eventually, not. I know, eventually I'll get there. But another funny thing, I don't know if it's HBO. I'm looking it up. Now it is. So on Crave, um, did you see there's um, an animated series called Animals? Had you, okay, you haven't heard of it. I'll send it to you. But it's funny and it's kind of similar too. It's kind of like a slice of, um, not a slice of life, but like a slice of a, a section. And it's just animals. So they're named rats, pigeons, cats. So those are the episodes. And it's like an animated um, series. They're about half hour long. So we watched the first couple and they're actually pretty funny. Um, they're a little dark, but there's one about rats. And so it's like the life of a rat or like a rat kind of group. And so there's like these rats that are interacting and having these conversations and it's all animated, really grungy looking. And then, yeah, so this, I won't even tell you what happens because the rat one's pretty funny and it's the first one. But yeah, so it's just like, this is a rat life and this is what happens to rats sometimes. And it's just told, but with like, a human touch to it so you kind of yeah you get sucked into it but then you're like oh it's rats and it's really funny so yeah that kind of continues on in that vein but it was really good and it's half hours which are nice sometimes i'll have to check that one out for sure mm -hmm. um, i'm in the market for some more animated content i think like i just went through uh for like the third or fourth time now um but the entirety of the avatar the last airbender mm -hmm. series i don't know if you know anything about it no. um but it's still good. I watched it for the first time when I was like 10 years old and it's still good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for anybody in the market for old Nickelodeon shows from the early two thousands, step on up. It's a good one. Um, but, uh, you said you had a list of titles that you were looking into watching. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a few of the items on the list? Maybe I've seen them. Maybe I haven't. Oh, they're on the list. Let me just look. Ooh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is on Crave now. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I saw it already, um, but I really want to see it again. Why am I conflating that with another movie? That's not the Greta Gerwig one. That's Little Women, right? Yes, that's Little oh, Women. Different. Okay, yeah. 
but it's on Crave. And did you get a chance to see it in theaters before? No, I didn't. Okay, definitely. That's on Crave. You should definitely watch that. And then that Harriet film, it's on Crave right now, too. Uh, it's more of like, um, what is it? It's kind of more of like a history kind of learning about people uh, film. That's okay. What else do we have? Yeah, there's nothing. Oh, it's a lot of stuff we've seen, like Parasite again. You can watch that. There's not too much that's new. Because, yeah, of course, like we've chewed through it. Oh, there's a film called Greta. I haven't watched that yet. Mm. Haven't seen it. Yeah. yeah, and then there's Can You Ever Forgive Me? And then we have Netflix. But yeah, Netflix has been blah. Like, yeah, it's kind of like... Mm. Yeah, I know. I don't know why I still have it. I should just like get rid of it again. And kind of you use it and get rid of it. I feel, like Netflix, I feel like Netflix has so wide a user base that they just keep throwing content at the wall and seeing what sticks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of garbage. Thank goodness. It's kind of garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank goodness for Crave. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You watch any of the uh, Prime series or no? We had Prime, but we haven't had it in a little bit. So I can't remember. Back when we did have it, there were a couple of shows that I watched, but I can't remember what they were now. Um, yeah, I can't remember which ones, but there were a few. There were a few good ones. They do all right with some of their content. Um, yeah, do who gets Hulu? Crave gets Hulu for the most part, don't they? Crave gets Hulu yeah. stuff, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Not everything, but some stuff. I know there's that, is it called Palm Springs? That movie okay, that that's sounds on Hulu right. right now. Yeah, I want to see it, but it's not. I'm like, I keep checking Crave, it's not on there yet. So maybe eventually. But otherwise, there's no way for us to watch it. Because we don't get Hulu. I need new content. I'm just like, give it to me. <laughs> I want to watch that. This podcast is executive produced by yours truly with support from the Work From Home Committee. If you'd like to come on the show and talk to me sometime, let me know. Thanks for listening.